Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to connect Black, Brown, and Indigenous women who are interested in sustainability. Our goal is to inspire, encourage, and educate each other. From gardening, to thrifting, to minimalism, to veganism, and everywhere in between. We are all on a journey to taking care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. This week, I want to talk about how we can all get more involved within environmentalism and sustainability. I talk a lot about individual action, like using a reusable water bottle, taking shorter showers, and reducing your waste. Those things are great, and it's a great place to start when thinking about your carbon footprint. But after a while, you may feel like you've peaked. I know I felt like that after I made a lot of changes to reduce my individual impact. Of course, I'm not perfect and there's always room for improvement, but I feel like I can make a bigger difference by getting involved in my community, joining local or online advocacy groups, or even starting a podcast. (laughs) Although the environmental movement is growing and gaining mainstream traction, There is so much work to be done. We need lots of people being advocates for the environment in many different ways. So today I'm sharing clips from the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast, where I spoke to a few different women of color about ways that we can be more active in advocating for the planet. If you want to catch up on the podcast and listen to these past episodes, You can find it on your favorite podcast platform or at sustainablebrowngirl.com. First, we're hearing from Chandra Farley, a Georgia native and the founder of The Good Energy Project, a movement to get Black women involved in clean energy. Chandra has a strong background in community organizing. So in episode 37 of the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast, I asked Chandra, what are some ways people can get involved in their communities? So I love this question and it's because I get to quote um, one of my elder elders and mentors, Dr. Mildred McLean, who's been a legacy leader in the environmental justice movement for over 40 years. And she just always says, find your justice home, like just find a place like your company, your church, at the supermarket, someone is looking for volunteers. And even if it doesn't seem energy or environment related, it can be, you know, everybody's trying to understand recycling, which is, it's ridiculous that it's still so hard. People just changing out light bulbs from the old incandescent light bulbs to LED lighting is an energy savings Um, and helps with your home comfort because they burn cooler. They last longer. You don't have to run. You know, they're not putting off heat like old school light bulbs used to do. Um, So I think you just have to start with finding a place where you feel like giving your time. And then, then you become a voice for how you would like to connect things. Does it connect to environment? 
Does it connect to energy? That's step number one. It's just, you know, finding that justice home, I think is really important. And I talk to, um, you know, a lot of my friends and colleagues that are organizers who don't necessarily come from the energy space. And, you know, I always say, that's great. And like, do you like to breathe air? It's like, yes. Do you like to drink water? Yes. Do you like to eat food? Yes. You are an environmentalist, right? Like we can't live without any of those things. And that is our environment. So it's not like a really that, it doesn't have to be that mysterious, I guess is, is, is what I'm trying to say. Find your justice home. People are always looking for volunteers. So think about what ways or what types of things that you're interested in, and then look for ways to make a difference. For example, here in Noonan, we have Keep Noonan Beautiful, which organizes local recycling projects, and they also create and maintain green spaces around the city. Keep Noonan Beautiful is an affiliate of Keep America Beautiful and Keep Georgia Beautiful. So there are different chapters, so to speak, all around the country. So check online to see if there are any affiliates in your area in which you can get involved. Like Chandra said, keep your eyes open for opportunities to volunteer in ways that interest you. Maybe you don't want to plant trees or pick up trash, but perhaps you'd like to participate in a project to change light bulbs at an office building. Or maybe you want to help reduce food waste and take the expired food from a local grocery store to a local food bank. People are always looking for volunteers. Now we'll hear from Lashanti Jupp, a marine conservationist from the Bahamas. She has a passion for raising awareness about conservation challenges and the environment for everyday people. In episode 24 of the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast, Lashanti shares how people can get involved with marine conservation. In the world that we live in, there are a lot of conservation organizations that have things like projects they're running, and you can donate, whether it be monetary or in-kind donations where you give your time or you donate something that's of use to them. You can even, like I said, do a beach cleanup. If you see a dirty beach or if you see some trash, you know, pick it up safely, of course, but you can maybe run initiatives as well. If you see that there might be an empty plot of land, plant a tree. That can help significantly change our impact on climate change. You can even eat less meat. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, but, you know, if you eat more vegetables, you're using more land. But no, the, you know, the meat production industry uses far more land and emits far more greenhouse gases that affect the environment, as opposed to if you were to eat more vegetables or even just start a backyard farm. It's, it's so many ways that you can just consciously make the world a better place for everyone and everything in it. For some people, making donations is a great way to show support for organizations you believe in. All organizations need money to grow and continue their programs. For other people, they want to get their hands dirty. Lashanti reminds us that you can donate money, time, or even make a difference with what and how you eat. Next, we're going to hear from Raya Salter, an energy and climate justice lawyer, 
And she's also the policy organizer for an organization called New York Renews. In episode 10 of the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast, Raya encourages people to get involved online and offline. What I, what I always say, though, is, is do our best to get in community however we can um, at this time. You know, even if it is Twitter, even you look up hashtag energy Twitter, black Twitter, mm-hmm. kind of Twitter, follow the people who um, are in this movement. Folks like Dr. Rob Bob Bullard, father of Envi- environmental justice, is on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> A lot of people are on Twitter, as are some of the folks at the Public Service Commission or I think it's that, forget the name of the commission in, in Georgia. Some I've seen some threads. Folks are on Twitter. So social media in this age of pandemic really is, I think, something that's valuable, as is some of these Zoom calls. So I would say get in community is the first thing I would say. And you get building our own power, building our own power. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen how, how coming together around these issues in an intersectional way has moved the dial you know, on things that never seemed touchable and building bridges intersectionally and, and pushing for accountability. So if, if, if we've got this racial justice piece, we get in community with those of us who care about this sustainability, be it zero waste, be it energy, and we form our own little committee. We have to build this for in our own movements for ourselves and change this narrative. Just as you hear me say, I say this all the time about building our power young people and black and indigenous people of color and all brown people. um, We need to step forward and not ask for permission in this space. We need to center ourselves. We need to reclaim and redirect these narratives for ourselves. And I want to encourage especially young folks to do that um, and not feel that they need to ask permission. And it's hard because, you know, Sometimes it's like, you know, people are looking at you, you know, do you even know what you're talking about? So what? This is a movement that belongs to the young. However, mm-hmm. I do ask that people, you know, try and be smart, get in community, learn up on things, figure out who are the folks who come before you on these issues and support them. Uh, and, you know, try and touch base with the movement itself um, and understand what's going on there. Because these are the the, the shoulders that, we, we are standing on. Stand up and don't ask for permission, all youth activists, uh, black and brown activists on this topic. And think about what it means to do this work intergenerationally. Think about those who have come before. Think about who is in the space already, who has been erased because they, you know, experts who, whose voices are trying to be elevated and haven't been because of racism you know, as you go forward with all of your great social media abilities and success. Yeah, it is. I mean, especially like you said, in this day and age where we do have social media and it's so easy Mm -hmm. to have your voice heard far and wide, um, you know, we just need to use that platform in the best ways possible. That's right. And it's interesting. This is something I've noticed um, because there are so many people like yourself who are, you know, grabbing a hold of these platforms and getting, you know, audiences and getting words out. A lot of times, some of the grassroots like groups that do this work, like even New York News, <laughs> we, you know, we may or may not even know how to do that, or we may be fledgling. Or we, part of it is that we don't get funded. There's a reason why this narrative is told a certain way, because we aren't able to tell it and center ourselves. Um, so just be cognizant, um, 
are wonderful influencers of um, the activists who are trying to get these messages out. And so, like I said, I'm not saying ask permission and I'm not saying don't do it because I don't care who tells you not to do it. I don't care if the icon of the icons floats down from, uh, you know, from a dream and says, stop advocating for that. I'm the one and you don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't care who tells you, you still do it. But <laughs> be mindful <laughs> of these dynamics and, and what's happening because there's a reason why we don't, why, why this narrative isn't told in a way that centers us. Being an advocate online through creating social media accounts that share environmental news and help hold politicians accountable is so important. Raya encourages us to be bold when speaking about the issues that are important to us. She also reminds us that the voices from people of color are often not heard, so it's important to be aware of racial injustices within the environmental movement. That brings me back to why I started this podcast and the Sustainable Brown Girl community, because it was difficult for me to find people of color involved in the movement a couple of years ago. I think now there is a little more emphasis on Black, Brown, and Indigenous people in this community, but in the big scheme of things, not so much. So the more young people and diverse voices that are resonating through this space, the better. Speaking of young people, the next person we're hearing from is Donnie Monk. She's a recent college graduate with a degree in environmental studies. She's currently the neighborhood planner in Syracuse, New York, and has organized several environmental outreach programs in her community that have been a great success and have even been supported by the mayor of Syracuse. In episode 40 of the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast, I talked to Donnie about how she organizes these programs. So you can do like community canvassing or we take the social media approach because um, my fiance is really popular in school. Um, he has a lot of people that um, for one will join us because everyone at the school is environmentalist, which makes it very easy to outreach to that group right. of people. Um, but outside of that group of people, and it's been like, you know, fun, like really get to like, really getting to know this community, because I'm not originally from Syracuse. So, um, you know, just meeting new people and then just being like, hey, like, I'm with this group and we like clean up every like, we, we clean up bi-weekly in our neighborhood and we meet at this place and it's a playground and we're just basically trying to beautify it, make sure those kids like have a safe space and, you know, you know, it's been honestly amazing um, just going out and being very informal and very like sometimes even unintentional and it just has a great result. Um, it's always a great turnaround and yeah, it's just all of the opportunities to meet new people in the city. is just, it's been a blessing. <laughs> yeah. So when you organize these events, do you, well, I saw on your website you have a calendar with your events, but are there other ways that you um, advertise for people to join? Um, yeah, so it's this local coffee shop, Recess Coffee. Um, we also have um, a couple other spaces that we just like kind of put our flyers up around the city. Um, so just put the spires up in the neighborhood. Um, Recess Coffee, like they have this bulletin. Everybody goes there at least like once a week or at least once every three weeks, once a month. So I feel like when we put in our like monthly calendar, people are um, 
able to like see that and like you know it's bi-weekly so they have a whole month um and they know the events we're doing and like you know they can take a picture we put business cards in there once they are all gone like in a month we put like stickers there they're gone in like two days <laughs> so i just feel wow. like um that community um really invest in us so that's how we targeted we started to stick with our um community because we believe that um you know when it comes to like true community change and out of like a feeling of like coincidence with a lot of these climate change topics, um, it starts locally um, to feel, to build your local strength and local community. So I guess um, for me, I focus locally on like my outreach. How would you suggest to other people who wanted to create a similar program in their community? What advice would you give them? Um, my advice would be to go for it. Um, I'd say don't wait on politicians, don't sign petitions, like don't don't do these these, you know, these little acts and expect a big change and big outcome. Um what I learned at my environmentally focused college is for true like environmental like um for a true environmental movement like out of like these like bad situations with our environment, like we need to like be the people that are making those changes like we're voting these people in so you know if we stop voting them in and like as you know young advocates as like young politicians we need to like stop being we need to stop letting them hold us back and we need to start going out and getting the jobs um you know it's a yes. lot of excuses and a lot of people make a lot of things up and with that like shading over the media because you know people don't actually have an environmental degree they don't actually know that like it's a job out there but it's like you know you're not just gonna like look up environmental studies job you know you have to like find what you're comfortable with and like you know and balance that and always be like evolving as you know as a brand as a person never stay stagnant I feel like you know just if you can like evolve and instead of stepping into communities and saying this is what I want to change like listening to like what their needs are I guess that's my advice exactly what you really want to do is just listen first. <laughs> Donnie has taken advocating for the planet into her own hands, rather than simply voting and hoping for change. She relies on her local community to spread the word about her programs, and she's gotten a lot of great feedback. Donnie makes organizing community programs look easy. So if you're interested in doing something similar, take her advice and just go for it. The last person we're hearing from today is Jasmine Sanders. She's the executive director of Our Climate, which is a climate change advocacy organization that uplifts young people to make a global impact on a grassroots level. In episode 31 of the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast, Jasmine explains how Our Climate helps young people get involved and the various ways you can be an activist. Our climate started off in 2013 um, as a statewide campaign. This was in Oregon. Um, and it was when student leaders and adult allies used artwork as a medium, um, a powerful medium, in fact. And what they did was they painted these mosaic art tiles and really reflecting on you know, what climate change means to them, how is it impacting their community? Um, and they put all of the art tiles together and they formed this 125 foot salmon mosaic and they marched to the Oregon State Capitol. 
Um, and so this was artivism, you know, art action. And um, they also spoke to their elected officials on the Capitol. Um, And many were receptive to hearing what young people had to say, but also interpreting the artwork because artwork is a powerful medium just because of the fact that you as an artist, you are drawing your perspective. Secondly, whomever looks at it, it's up to their own interpretation in addition to whatever the artist may have meant. And it's also not overbearing. That's the other thing. It's not overbearing. Um, so it's, it's welcoming in a way. I'm welcoming what your thoughts are in regards to this. Who knew that creating art could be a form of activism? You can creatively express what environmentalism means to you, and it's open to interpretation. To me, it's an indirect and acceptable way to express yourself and bring awareness to the climate change issue. Jasmine mentions that these artists took their artwork to the Capitol and it opened conversation with politicians. But I think that artivism can be very effective even on a smaller scale. By producing some type of artistic statement for a school project would be a great way to open dialogue within your community. To me, it's all about starting conversations and getting people to, at the very least, think about environmentalism. In so many cases, it's not even on people's minds. So you just have to think of ways to get the conversation started. Next, Jasmine goes more in-depth about our climate and how their high school and college-aged volunteers are making a difference. This is a great organization to get involved with, and it's not just for people of color. Anyone within the age range of 14 to 24 can get involved. We advocate for science-based and equitable climate policy solutions. Um, We are now rooted in three policy principle areas, so environmental justice legislation, renewable energy targets, and corporate polluter fees, aka carbon pricing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we run a leadership development program. So we deal with kids who are high school and college students, roughly ages 14 to 24. We have a field representative program, a fellowship program, and a field advisor program. The fellowship program is really um, our bread and butter, being that these are the kids who work um, more hours and um, they are doing heavier loads of projects. Um, Field representatives are usually for kids who are just dipping their toes into the climate justice movement. And field advisors are ones who normally have gone through um, the fellowship program and then act as mentors to our fellows and field representatives. I like to say OC is the catalyst for young people becoming um, visionaries, activists, and leaders in their own communities. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple examples of those are Sharona Schneider from Oregon. Um, She is currently a field advisor, so acting in that mentoring role. Um, And she also runs her own organization called Tuesdays for Trash. Um, It started off as an initiative, and it's now gone international. Um, So as you can imagine, it's about picking up trash in your own community. Uh Um, Yes, it started where it could only be on Tuesdays, but people can do it whatever day of the week you want. Um, 
and you could pick it up with your friends. You could pick it up with your family members, with your church, with your school. Um, but it's really getting people out there and being mindful of what's in their community, you know, like not just driving by a park that's full of trash. We want green spaces that are nice for our kids. Right. Um, and then another example is Josie Helm. Um, she was a field advisor and a fellow in New York. Um, and she is now our federal policy intern. Um, she started Black Students Demand Change. Um, so she um, is from New Jersey, but attends private school in New York City. And um, this initiative is bringing up the inequitable issues that occur within New York City private schools for Black and Brown folks. Mm. Um, and you know, it's just really great to see how these young people have grown, um, not just as individuals, but leading into their professional lives. Right. Um, and that's what we want because, yes, we're helping you develop as leaders, but we're also giving you some of those professional nuggets of how to operate in this world, um, how to how to raise your profile, you know, um, how to amplify your voice. Um, for some people, that's behind the computer screen. For other people, it's writing a book. For other people, it's starting their own organizations. Um, it's being behind a, a camera and, and filming the storytelling. Um, storytelling is another huge thing we do. I mentioned earlier one of the things that you can do as an individual is writing op-eds and LTEs. Our students do this day in and day out, whether they're a field representative, a fellow, or a field advisor. In fact, we had a couple of um, student leaders from our Florida program, they were featured in Teen Vogue um, wow. like a month and a half ago. Yeah. So, you know, our kids, I refer to them as our frontline climate warriors. They're doing things. You know, they are out here making moves, making an impact. And it's because they have this like not scared attitude. Yeah. Um, even, even if they're introverts, they're not scared because their future is on the line. That that's what's going on right now, mm -hmm. um, you know, because majority of them, they're Gen Z and mm -hmm. they they are truly worried about what is the world going to look like? Like, am I going to be able to get old? That's what they are asking themselves. Right. Um, and, and so, I mean, kind of tying again to us as individuals. We are also responsible for helping them get there, you know, um, as an older adult, I'm I am responsible for helping helping them get to becoming an old person. You know, like I want them to be grandmas and grandpas. Um, right. You know, like if you break it down, really, like yeah, everyone should experience being a grandparent. Like you know, right. like um, and. Yeah, it just, it's been really great being um, the leader of this organization. Young people are probably the most active when it comes to environmentalism. They know that it affects their future more than the older generations. There are a lot of youth-led activism groups like Sunrise Movement and, of course, Our Climate. Getting involved with these types of organizations as a young person would be a great place to start making a difference. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that hearing from these women has inspired you to be more active in your community and getting involved to make a positive change for our planet. As we heard, 
there are so many ways to make a difference, be it by volunteering to plant trees, change light bulbs, creating a podcast, making art, or picking up trash in your community. There are countless opportunities that we probably haven't even thought of. So just keep an open mind and open ears. And if you can't find the perfect opportunity for you, start it yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share it if you loved it and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram at Sustainable Brown Girl and check out our Facebook community. We would love to have you there. Until next time, let's continue to make healthy choices for the health of our planet and the health of our bodies. Thanks for listening.